0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Abundant Encounters podcast. And we have a new website, AbundantEncounters.com. There you'll find resources for developing a lifestyle of encounters. My wife and I, we've always had this heart that, especially for people that are struggling to have real encounters, it's a passion of mine, and thank God I've seen... So many experience encounters either for the first time or are become aware of the encounters that they've experienced in the past um, and uh we're all encountering God, thank God for God. He is very available. Heaven is not short on encounters, my friends, so I can't wait to dive into today. Let me pray, and I want to just kind of charge us forth into one of my very favorite chapters in the entire Bible, 1 Corinthians 15. It's got my life verse in it. So Lord, I just thank you so much for your presence amongst us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd move through this time, Lord, this offering of our time that we brought to you. Lord, I know that you absolutely adore us and you value that. And Lord God, we we are reaching out because we need you and we just thank you, Lord, for being a part of our lives, being in our lives and being our life. Come life giver. Mm. Come Holy Spirit. spirit of Jesus we bind up hindrances anything that we try to steal kill destroy we silence it we bind it up in Jesus name and Lord I thank you for the opposite for life and abundance we ask for heaven for its joy for for the gifts of joy for the gifts of righteousness, for the gift of peace to be released during this time. Lord, increase us, fill our tanks of heaven so that we become like open doors of heaven on the earth. Come, Lord. Come like you always do. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I also pray that you take us up into heavenly places where we're co-seated with you, Lord, so that we wouldn't hear the accuser because he's not in heaven. He felt like lightning. He's cast out. The accuser doesn't not have a voice in heaven, Lord, and I pray that we can be seated with you, or we are co-seated. And we could experience that during this time of Christian meditation, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is a real treat for me. I absolutely adore 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to be reading it from the Passion Translation. um, And just can't wait to get into it. So let's do that. Dear friends, let me give you clearly the heart of the gospel that I've preached to you, the good news that you have heartily received, in which you stand. For it is through the revelation of the gospel that you are being saved. If you fasten your life firmly to the message I've taught you, unless you have believed in vain, for I have shared with you what I have received. And what is of utmost importance. The Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of the Scriptures. He was buried in a tomb and was raised from the dead after three days, as foretold in the Scriptures. Then he appeared to Peter the Rock and to the Twelve Apostles. He also appeared to more than 500 of his followers at the same time most of whom are still alive as I write this. Though a few have passed away, then he appeared to Jacob and to all the apostles. Last of all, he appeared in front of me, like one born prematurely ripped from the womb. Yes, I am the most insignificant of all the apostles, unworthy even to be called an apostle because I hunted down believers and persecuted God's church but God's amazing grace has made me who I am and his grace to me was not fruitless in fact I worked harder than all the rest yet not in my own strength but God's for his empowering grace has poured out upon me so this is what we all have taught you and whether it was through me or someone else, you have now believed the gospel. The message we preach is Christ, who has been raised from the dead. So how could any of you possibly say there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no such thing as a resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, all of our preaching has been for nothing, and your faith is useless. Moreover, if the dead are not raised, that would mean that we are false witnesses who are misrepresenting God. And that would mean that we have preached a lie, stating that God raised him from the dead, if in reality he didn't. If the dead aren't raised up, that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either. And if Christ is not alive, you are still lost in your sins. And your faith is a fantasy. It would also mean that those believers in Christ who have passed away have simply perished. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, We deserve to be pitied more than all others. But the truth is, Christ is risen from the dead. As the first fruit of a great resurrection harvest of those who have died. For since death came through a man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead has also come through a man, Christ Even as all who are in Adam die, so also all who are in Christ will be made alive. But each one in his proper order, Christ the firstfruits, then those who belong to Christ in his presence. Then the final stage of completion comes when he will bring to an end every other rulership authority and power and he will hand over his kingdom to father god till then he is destined to reign as king until all hostility has been subdued and placed under his feet and the last enemy to be subdued and eliminated is death itself the father has placed all things in subjection under the feet of christ yet when it says all things It is understood that the Father does not include himself, for he is the one who placed all things in subjection to Christ. However, when everything is subdued and in submission to him, then the Son himself will be subject to the Father, who put all things under his feet. This is so that Father God will be everything in every one. If there is no resurrection, what do these people think they're doing when they are baptized for the dead? If the dead aren't raised, why be baptized for them? And why would we be risking our lives every day? My brothers and sisters, I continually face death. This is as sure as my boasting of you and our co-union together in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives me confidence to share my experiences with you. Tell me, why did I fight wild beasts in Ephesus if my hope is in this life only? What was the point of that? If the dead do not rise, then let's party all night for tomorrow we die. So stop fooling yourselves evil companions will corrupt good morals and character. Come back to your right senses and awaken to what is right. Repent from your sinful ways, for some have no knowledge of God's wonderful love. You should be ashamed that you make me right this way to you. I can almost hear someone saying, how can the dead come back to life? And what kind of body will they have when they are resurrected? Foolish man, don't you know that what you sow in the ground doesn't germinate unless it dies? And what you sow is not the body that will come into being, but the bare seed. And it's hard to tell whether it's wheat or some other seed. But when it dies, God gives it a new form, a body to fulfil its his purpose, and he sees to it that each seed gets a new body of its own and becomes the plant he designed it to be. All flesh is not identical. Animals have one flesh and human beings another. Birds have their distinct flesh and fish another. In the same way there are earthly bodies and heavenly bodies, there is a splendor of the celestial body and a different one for the earthly. There is the radiance of the sun and differing radiance for the moon and for the stars. Even the stars differ in their shining and that's how it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in decay but will be raised in immortality. It is sown in humiliation but will be raised in glorification. It is sown In weakness, but will be raised in power. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body, for it is written, the first man Adam became a living soul, the last Adam became the life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual didn't come first, the natural precedes the spiritual. The first man was from the dust of the earth, the second man is Yahweh. From the realm of heaven. The first one, made from dust, has a race of people just like him who are also made from dust. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven. Now I tell you this, my brothers and sisters, flesh and blood are not able to inherit God's kingdom realm, and neither will that which is decaying be able to inherit what is incorruptible. Listen, and I will tell you a divine mystery. Not all of us will die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in an instant. In the twinkling of his eye. For when the last trumpet is sounded, the dead will come back to life. We will be indestructible and we will be transformed. For we will discard our mortal clothes and slip into a body that is imperishable. What is mortal now will be exchanged for immortality. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality, and what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay. Then the scriptures will be fulfilled that says, death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. So death, tell me, where is your victory? Tell me death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting and the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our lord jesus the anointed one so now beloved one stand firm stable and enduring live your lives with an unshakable confidence we know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the lord because we are assured that our union with the lord makes our labor productive with fruit that into us the Lord changed my life with a scripture um, actually from the New King James version and um, from 1 Corinthians 15 and um, in the New King James it says in all capital letters death is swallowed up in victory and um, the Lord showed me that and at first it just kind of sounded like you know kind of your competitive voice or something like that And uh, but all of a sudden um, my mindset shifted and I realized oh wow like so His victory in me is what is swallowing up the death in me mm. that really changed my life so it's So when we look inside and we find Jesus, the death in me doesn't stand a chance. The things that are right about me are what begin to swallow up and take up all the room that the things that are wrong about me have manifested within. It shifted my values. And changed my life and I've held on to that scripture ever since it's more than any other scripture in the Bible it's uh, it's guided me it's continually spoken to the way that I I uh, make decisions but I think uh, there's there's so many things in 1st Corinthians 15 that are just really powerful like uh, Paul's um, just absolute dogged dedication to the power of the gospel um another testimony before we do the activation but um one time the lord started speaking to me about how the gospel itself is anointed so when we share it it's like handing out an anointing and that's the way he put it that's the way he framed it for me so um So I was actually on my way to, on a trip to India. And um, when the Lord had told me that, and he said, Josh, I want you to understand that I'm gonna change a nation in front of you. And, you know, because you're gonna preach the gospel and the gospel is anointed. And so, you know, I got to India, and uh, it's too long of a story to t- share all the details. But I ended up preaching in front of 700 Hindus, which is not an accident. The Lord put that together. It was not planned, but it, it did happen, and um, and uh, so I knew exactly what I was going to do. I, I was going to preach the gospel, and it was around Christmas time. And I was pre- It was a school that I was preaching at. So I shared a, uh, a version of the gospel that I thought would really speak to this this group. And um, I talked about how Mary had had such value for her child that, and read those scriptures around that. And uh, I even, in boldness. Because I could tell, you know, at this, at this point, I'd been in India for two days, and the only people I'd ever heard talk to a crowd, they were shouting. So I thought, well, I better shout, you know. And not, Nothing like a Christian meditation in that. And um, so I began to lay into the story of how Mary valued her child so much. And... Um, when she learned about him, she she held the, the hope in her heart. And I told them how they were holding the hope in their heart. And, uh, and But I explained to them that, you know, the life giver Jesus Christ is the hope of all the world. He's not like uh, any other God. He is the King of Kings. His promise is his resurrection has brought about the reality of hope. in In India, where there's not a lot of emotion at such a ceremony in my experience, um, and I've never seen people in India cheer, but that's exactly what happened. People jumped out of their seat cheering for Jesus and I could not believe the powerful anointing that the gospel had to win hearts for the sake and cause of Jesus Christ God had used the anointed power of the gospel to change a nation right in front of my eyes in about 10 minutes he had changed me first. I, You know, I knew that if I, if I wasn't loud and, and um, charismatic, that no one would receive. And, um, and I also knew that I needed to speak into their situation. And um, the power and the anointing of the Gospel really caught my attention that day, and I understood some of what Paul's dedication here is. You know, if it, if it lacks this resurrection power, then it's not the gospel. Jesus didn't just die for our sins. He rose from the grave as us, a second Adam. We are a new creation because of that because of that resurrection that's the gospel and I bet you can feel it now it's so anointed and for this podcast I wanted to encourage you to try that try to share the gospel in your world You know there's even stories of ancient saints that would share the gospel with like plants and animals. That's how crazy powerful the anointing was. They were having experiences sharing with plants and animals. I'm not saying do that. Um, I would encourage you to go and take your opportunities to preach the gospel in any way you can. Tell the, the real gospel, the resurrection gospel. Jesus came for us. He died as us. He rose as us, a new creation. Right now, if you're having any trouble with uh, your gospel message, which is totally normal, I want you to go to your special place and kind of meditate on like a a safe feeling, um, uh, imaginative uh, place. Maybe it's the beach. Maybe it's at a, a friend of mine, uh, go to his son's room um, which is so powerful but wherever it is that just matters to you feels really rich and um, safe and, and invite Jesus in that space and watch him come in and I want you to kind of have a Thomas moment uh, in your imagination and It can be very powerful to do this. I want you to ask Jesus if you can touch the wounds. And I know that this may seem like an obvious question, I mean an obvious answer, but ask Jesus, are you alive? He's so creative in the way he's I believe he will tell you that he is very much alive, of course. That can be your part of your gospel message, part of the anointing. But let's also ask Jesus, Jesus, would you anoint me to carry your gospel, your story? ask Jesus, how did the gospel and the anointing of the gospel transform my life? And this is key because this is where he's going to show you like how you carry the gospel message into your world. Because the deposits he's made are the ones that you have that you can make deposits with. So, Jesus, how have you used the gospel to transform my life? Amen. Write it down. God bless you.
1: Today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you. And not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there.
0: We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world in jesus name
1: the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace